0: This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media. Thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au
1: It's been said that men can live 40 days without food, three days without water, eight minutes without air, and about one second without hope. So what is my hope in? My hope is in God.
0: Coming up today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out when we place our hope in God, His hopes for us begin to take shape.
1: I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. They're thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope.
0: This is. The- song that goes, lean on me when you're not strong. I'll be your friend. I'll help you carry on. Well, today we'll see that's God's message to us. When our lives have been shredded by circumstances beyond our control or even circumstances brought on by our own mistakes, God is our refuge. On a new beginning today, Pastor Greg Laurie points out after his son suddenly went to heaven, God's compassion was reconfirmed. And he shares that reassurance today.
1: understand what I am going to be sharing with you is not from an ivory tower of theory. This is from the valley of the shadow of death where I have personally found the hope promised to us in Scripture. That is where we are going to find the hope that we need. We are going to find it in God's Word. Listen to Psalm 119 verse 114. You are my refuge and my shield. Your Word is my only source of hope. Romans 15.4 says, Such things were written in the Scripture long ago to teach us, and they give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises. It's been said that men can live 40 days without food, three days without water, eight minutes without air, and about one second without hope. We all need hope in life to get through. But what does it mean to have hope? Is it just hope and hope? Oh I, I just know things will get better. It, well wait, you don't know it because things could actually get worse, right? So what is my hope in? My hope is in God. Amen. I have to look to Him. And here's what God says to us in one of my favorite verses, Jeremiah twenty-nine, eleven. The Lord says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a what? A hope. hope. That's what God is saying to us. I love how the Lord says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. It would have been enough if God would have said, I know the single thought I once had towards you for a fleeting moment. Wouldn't you be happy to know that God Almighty, the Creator of the universe, had a single thought thought about you I would. But that is not what the Lord says. He says I know the thoughts plural more than one. That I think not just past tense but present tense toward you. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future. So the thoughts of God are from what He has thought, what He is thinking, and what He still will think. They are good thoughts. The Bible says in Psalm 45, many are your wonderful works which you have done in your thoughts toward us Cannot be counted. And what does he mean when he says a future? It could better be translated an expected end, or another translation would say a ground of hope or things hoped for. In other words, there will be an outcome, there will be completion in your life. God will tie up the loose ends because as a Christian, I am a work in progress. You know, when a loved one leaves this world, especially when it's unexpected, it tears us up inside, even when it's expected, it's very hard to deal with. There's a deep sense of loss because there was a deep love. You think, "Can I survive this?" And people will say, "You know what, don't cry. Get over it. But I want to say something to you that know someone that's mourning. The Bible says there's a time to weep, and there's a time to mourn. And don't ever tell a person who's lost someone to get over it or to stop crying. Who are you to say such a thing? Be patient with people who are mourning. But now let me say a word to you who are mourning the loss of someone. Uh, You need perspective. You need perspective. Psalm 42 the psalmist writes, Day and night I have only had tears for food. While my enemies continually tell me saying, Where is this God of yours? My heart is breaking as I remember how it used to be. I walked among the crowds of worshipers leading a great procession to the house of God singing for joy and giving thanks. It was a sound of a great celebration. But then he corrects himself. And he says, why am I discouraged? Why am I so sad? I will put my hope in God. and will praise Him again, my Savior and my God. I know what the psalmist means when he says, I've only had tears for food. When you have a breakfast, lunch, and dinner of tears. And you lose your appetite. And you cry constantly. You know my wife said she had only seen me cry maybe uh, two or three times in our life together. And after the Lord took Christopher I cried every day for hours. And in deep crying. And so I understand what he's talking about here, but there would be times where I would sort of go into like a black hole. Here's what happens: you're just going about your life, and something triggers a memory. Uh, it's so many things can do it. It's ridiculous. And you remember this time you were together, and then you, well, your first instinct is to call them or talk to them, and you realize they're gone. And then you say, "They're gone. They're gone." I'll never see them on this earth again. And then you say, I'll never see them again. And why did this happen to me? Uh, You know, and all these things go through your mind. I'm just being honest with you. You think preachers don't think these things? I'm still just a guy, okay? All these thoughts go through my mind. So here's what I do. I say, Greg, you listen to me now. I start preaching to myself. (laughs) Someone watching would think I'm a lunatic. And maybe I am but I am a hopeful lunatic. (laughs) I will say, Greg, you listen to me. The Bible says you will see your son again. And he's in heaven. And the Bible says that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. And he that believes in Him will not die. And Greg, and I will remind myself of the promises of God. I will quote them out loud to myself. And you know what? It just sort of lifts me up from this pit I found myself in. And we need to do this. That is what the psalmist is doing. Hey man all I do is cry day and night. Why has this happened to me? I remember the good old days. And then he says, Hey, hope thou in God. What are you doing? And he corrects his thinking. Grief is a lot like wiping out on a wave. How many of you surf? Raise your hand up. We don't have a lot of surfers here at Harvest. (laughs) Okay. Let me restate the question how many of you have ever been out in the ocean and you got caught in a set of waves and got pounded in white water? Raise your hand. There we are. (laughs) See that is more like me. I would like to say yes I am a great surfer but I am more like the guy floundering in white water. But uh, anyway what you want to avoid is getting caught in this impact zone. So when you are out surfing or body surfing or boogie boarding or whatever you are doing. You see a set of waves coming in. You have to do the very thing you don't want to do which is go toward the wave. Right. You want to run to the shore but you don't want to do that. So you go toward the wave. You swim. Try to go under the wave or over the top of the wave. But you are paddling out and the wave picks you up. And the worst way to go is backwards which I have done. And then you get so discombobulated you don't know which way is up. And more than one person is drowned because they went the wrong direction. They went down when they should have gone up. They take water into their lungs. They go unconscious. So here is what you need to remember. If you are out surfing uh, and you have your surfboard or your boogie board and you have a leash on attached to your ankle, grab your leash and pull on it and go in the direction of the leash. Why? Because it's attached to your board and your board is buoyant and will be on the surface. So even if it goes against the logic in the moment, follow your leash to the top, right? So, well, that's very helpful. Yeah, I just wanted to give you that little tip. Anyway, so let's go. No. It's a good tip, though. Here's the analogy the Word of God is like that leash that we pull on. And it takes us to the surface where we can get proper perspective on what is really happening because our emotions, like white water, will get the best of us and we'll be overwhelmed. But we hope in God and we believe the word of God and it corrects us. And then we might get caught in another wave and then another.
0: But uh, we keep hoping again and again and again. That's Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Christian Fellowship in California, USA presenting a message entitled Hope for Those Who've Lost Loved Ones. It's his most requested message of the past 12 months. Let's continue.
1: Well, let's look now at our text, John chapter 11. This is a story of people who had lost hope. It's a story of the death of a loved one, a man named Lazarus, and how his sisters Mary and Martha reacted. It's also a story of how Jesus reacts to such circumstances and how God can be glorified in such situations. But it is a hopeful message. We see how the Lord deals with these people and how He deals with us. Before we read these verses let's just point out that Mary, Martha, and Lazarus were a tight-knit family. They were three siblings that loved each other. And they had a great home. Everyone knew Martha was a killer chef. And Jesus loved to come visit. (laughs) Showing up with a bunch of His friends. Hey we are here. Brought twelve friends. Is that okay? And Martha uh, who was so hospitable would always make up a fantastic meal for the Lord. These guys, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus could legitimately say that Jesus of Nazareth was their personal friend because He frequented their home which was within striking distance from Jerusalem there in Bethany. So now tragedy comes even to their home. And Lazarus is very, very ill. That's where the story starts. John 11 verse 1. Now a certain man was sick, Lazarus of Bethany. The town of Mary and her sister Martha, it was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped His feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick, Therefore the sisters sent to him, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. So what do we learn from this story? Number one, life is filled with pain, sorrow, and the death of loved ones. Again, life is filled with pain, sorrow, and the death of loved ones. I don't know why, but some of us may think we're gonna get a pass. We're gonna somehow make it through life unscathed. Never having a major tragedy. Never having any kind of illness. Never losing a loved one. Uh, It's just all going to be great. But then when it comes our way we are shocked. Don't be shocked. Peter said in 1 Peter 4.12 Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing were happening to you. Don't don't be surprised. Like why is this happening? What do you mean why is it happening? happens to everyone. Jesus said, in this world you will have tribulation. So it's going to come your way. It's going to knock at your door. It will probably start with your grandparents dying. And then your parents. And eventually it could be your spouse. It might be a child. It could be a close friend that will remind you of your mortality. But when it is someone close to you like a spouse or a child or a brother as it was for Mary and Martha it is a whole different thing. So that is number one. Life is filled with pain, sorrow, and the death of loved ones. Number two. God loves us. God loves us. Don't rush over that. And don't misunderstand it. Let it sink in. God loves you. Listen to this. Whatever He does or allows to happen in your life as His child is motivated by His everlasting love for you. Let me repeat that. Whatever He does or allows to happen in your life as His child is motivated by His everlasting love for you. God says in His Word, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore with loving kindness I have drawn you. He loves you and He loved them. I want you to notice what they said in verse 3. Lord the one whom you love is sick. They knew Jesus loved them. And by the way this word that is used here for the one you love is from the Greek word phileo. And phileo means brother love. Now that is where Philadelphia got their name. The city of brotherly love. Phileo. Lord your friend that you love like a brother is sick. That was the word that they sent to Jesus. You know and that is the Perfect thing to do when crisis hits. When you're in trouble, bring it to Jesus. When the Israelites were criticizing and turning against Moses, we read in Exodus 15:25, he cried unto the Lord. When you're criticized unfairly, take it to the Lord. When Hezekiah received a threatening letter, we read that he spread it out before the Lord. Have you ever received a letter threatening you? When John the Baptist was beheaded the disciples went and told Jesus, Matthew 14.12 says. So that is what we need to do when trouble comes. We need to go and tell Jesus. Now I want you to notice the basis for their appeal. They didn't say, Hey Lord. You owe us man. (laughs) We fed you all the time and you and your friends crashed at our house. How about showing a little love here and healing your buddy? They didn't say anything like that. Hey Mary could have said, who was there at your feet anointing them? Huh? That was me, right? Martha could have said, hey who makes your favorite meatloaf? Huh? They didn't do any of that. They just said, Lord the one that you love is sick. Verse 3. They didn't even say, Lord we love you so much so do this for us. They did not base their appeal on their love for God but rather on His love for them. That's just what we should do. Because guess what? My love, your love, it's fickle. It fluctuates. God's love for me is consistent and never changing. Lord the one that You love is sick and the time to act is now. And Jesus would act in His time and in His way. Look at verse 4 and 5. When Jesus heard that He said, This sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Therefore when he heard that he was sick he stayed two more days in the place where he was. What? (laughs) He did what? It seems like we would have read that when Jesus heard this because he loved Mary, Martha, and Lazarus he found the fastest horse and ran full speed to get to his sick friend. Or we could read that Jesus just appeared there. Boom. Hello everyone. What's up? How can I help? No because He loved them He delayed His arrival. Interesting though a different word is used here for love. Uh, Mary and Martha say the one you love, phileo, brother love is sick. The word that is used here is the Greek word agape which speaks of God's all-consuming love. And Jesus because He loved Him in this way did not come when they wanted Him to come. Remember His delays are not necessarily His denials. Just as surely as God has His will, He has His timing. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God has made everything beautiful in His time. So here is what is really happening. Jesus is trying to help Mary and Martha to get the big picture. Guys, I know it seems like I should come there right now. But what I am going to do is better than what you are asking me to do. I am going to go above and beyond your request.
0: Pastor Greg Laurie with some reassuring insight on the hope that we can find in the Lord. Now tomorrow, Pastor Greg comes back to wrap up this message called Hope for Those Who've Lost Loved Ones. I hope you can join us again, same time, right here on A New Beginning. Now for a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called Hope for Those Who've Lost Loved Ones. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call one 800 5011 Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.